0: So why on earth would we do a sermon series about prayer and then have a discussion about wine and weddings? It doesn't seem like these things go together. And it's not like this particular passage seems to have a whole lot of prayer going on, at least not the way that we understand prayer and and a very formal, traditional understanding of it. There's there's no indication in this passage that anybody went off to a secluded place. There doesn't overtly appear to be any, any formal address to the Almighty. We don't see a dear God in this passage. We also don't see an amen, so it's, it's hard to tell that things have come to an end. So why, why would we study this and where exactly is the prayer? in this passage well it comes in verse 3 when we read when the wine gave out the mother of jesus said to him they have no wine well how on earth does does the statement they have no wine become a prayer well for starters mary is talking to jesus god in the flesh so even without a formal address we have a conversation going on with god and mary is simply stating a fact there at a wedding the hosts have run out of wine now i'm italian so i understand the gravity of this issue you cannot have an event and run out of wine but all seriousness why why is this an issue what does it really matter and is it really worthy of bringing this before God because it's it's just wine, and it seems like such a first world sort of problem. Well, it appears that running out of wine is a personal concern for Mary, and it, it may have been as some scholars speculate that Mary was actually at this wedding serving in some kind of like wedding coordinator capacity or, or that she was possibly related to the bride and the bridegroom, and so For whatever reason, she felt some sort of personal responsibility to make sure that these details were covered. Well, weddings in those days were very long affairs, sometimes up to a week long, very little worth celebrating in those days. Remember that the people are still under the oppression of the Romans. And so when you had an event like a wedding, people relished the opportunity for a little bit of celebration, a little bit of joy in an otherwise pretty miserable day-to-day existence. So the wine runs out too early in this celebration. And to not have wine had the potential to bring great shame on the family. And, and even in an extraordinary circumstance, under the Jewish law, you could be sued for running out of wine because it was a breach of the hospitality covenant. So can you imagine that? Getting sued for not having enough wine. My family yesterday went to a fish fry and got the invitation. The invitation says fish fry on it. Well, can you imagine what it would have been like for the hosts of this event to have a fish fry and in the first 15 minutes run out of fish. That's not the deal. That's not what's supposed to happen. If you're going to have a fish fry, you got to have enough fish. So what do you do? What do you do in that situation? Well, most of us are going to try to figure it out for ourselves. We're going to try to use our own resources. We're going to run to the grocery store. We're going to borrow some from a neighbor. We're just going to figure it out. But what happens What happens when you run down every lead and you still come up empty? When your back's against the wall, you are out of options, then what do you do? Well, for whatever reason, that's where Mary must have been when she said these words to Jesus, and and I have to confess that when it comes to this story, I think I'm a little bit of a nosy Nelly on on this because I want to know why. Why? Why did we run out of wine? Whose responsibility was it to make sure that it was there? Why didn't they plan to have a reserve? And who was it that drank too much, too soon, too fast, that now there's nothing? Because, see, when things don't go as expected, many of us, we start asking a ton of questions after the fact, and if we can't find a factual answer, well, we just tend to mirror that Mary doesn't seem to be inclined to share any of the juicy details about how this whole situation went awry. Maybe it's because it was Mary's fault. Or maybe it doesn't matter. Because in the scheme of eternity and in the immediacy of this crisis, does it really matter how we got to this point? Is that going to change anything? One of the clearest memories that I have about my sister's car accident was meeting with the state trooper the the day after she died. And he gave me some really clear instructions, some coordinate points on where to go on a very long, empty stretch of a North Carolina highway somewhere between Greenville and Raleigh. We pulled over to the shoulder, and he began to walk me through every detail of what had happened the day before. He showed me where her car started to hydroplane, and he showed me the marks of of her skidding tires and and the the muddy tracks where the grass had been wet and and the way that her car twisted around the tree. And detail, by excruciating detail, he even told me how it was that her moonroof collapsed in such a way that it punctured her spinal cord. And at that time... It it seemed so very important to to me and my family. We we wanted every detail of of what happened to her. But then, then after being covered with detail after detail, something happened. Even knowing all of those details, even knowing how we got to this place, and signed the release papers. And that's when it hit me so hard that it didn't matter how it is that we got to this point. It didn't change the reality that my baby sister was gone. There are no details from the past that are going to change our present reality, whatever that reality may be. And a lot of times when we go into prayer, we go in with a full blown explanation of how we got into this current situation. And sometimes we do that because we're going to make excuses for ourselves. you know. And I see that a lot with health. When when people end up in the hospital, they have a heart attack, and and it's like, dear God, I I was going to eat well tomorrow, but there was a party today. And and it's almost as though we have to justify what we did to make it make sense to God. And sometimes we we try to do it in a way that, that tells God, you know, I'm not really responsible for this. I, I, things have been beyond my control. Let me show you all the other people who are responsible for what happened. But Mary didn't go this route. John does not record the conversation with Jesus as her saying, Jesus, can you believe, can you believe what idiots those two are that they didn't get enough wine? Who, who has a wedding and, and doesn't have enough wine? Maybe they couldn't afford it, Jesus. Jesus. I bet their parents didn't help out. And just between you and me, Jesus, I saw that Andrew and James, they could have lightened up a little bit on the Merlot, but Mary doesn't say any of that. None of that. All she says is they have no wine. And sometimes the most honest and the most sincere thing that we can say is I need you. To go into detail, it's not really necessary. It's, it's not as if God wouldn't already know the details are, what, what the details are. And there is a 100% chance that he knows the details with a 100% accuracy that the rest of us do not have. If you go back to the text, you'll notice that this exchange between Mary and Jesus takes a really interesting twist. And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, usually when we study this text, we, we all want to get caught up in what Jesus said. My hour has not yet come. What does that mean? What's going on there? But today, just for today, I want you to hone in on what Mary said and what Mary did. Mary makes this request of Jesus, it is a factual statement, they have no wine. Mary and Martha made a similar statement when Lazarus died, my brother has died. It doesn't matter which language you're translating to or from, these factual statements all translate the same way, God, I need you. So Mary makes this simple statement, it's a simple prayer, and then... Watch what she does. She lets it go. She lets it go. She said what she needed to say, and she lets it go. She literally gives it over to God. When Jesus responds, albeit with a response that seems a little bit strange to our ears, Mary doesn't flinch. She had the opportunity to reclaim her problem. Oh, well, Jesus, Jesus pushed back a little bit, so it's my problem now. I'll take it back but she doesn't do that. And that's actually what so many of us do. Yeah, we'll pray about it. Of course, we'll pray about it. But as soon as we hit amen, we immediately start trying to work it out for ourselves. That's what we do. And not Mary, not Mary. Instead, she just turns around to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. Mary has complete faith in Jesus that he has heard her that he will answer her prayers, she's not going to carry that burden any longer. She has completely given it over to Jesus. Now step back for a moment and remember the situation that Mary is in. She is mid-wedding reception. The guests are all there. Everybody's gathered. Everybody's waiting. We are at the bottom of the ninth inning You are at your last batter with a third out to go. This is it. Of all the things that Mary could have done, she opted in that moment to have a holy conversation with God. This is serious. This is a serious, serious conversation. This is not a wishful thinking prayer. This is not a someday my prince will come prayer. This is my back is against the wall. And if there is anything, anyone who is going to redeem and save this situation, then I'm going to put all my chips on God. Many of us make it a point to be willing to to give our burdens over to God, but the truth is we're just as likely to quickly snatch them back when we don't get the exact answer as quickly as we were hoping for. It's almost like God becomes our insurance policy, you know, in case... We can't really do it for ourselves. At least we threw a prayer out there, and God will probably come through for us. But I want you to consider how this is unfolding. Mary's simple prayer reveals a tremendous faith. Often, the less that we say, the more we communicate. And sometimes I think that we want to talk longer just so that we can talk ourselves into something or because there's a part of us that really doubts that God has clarity about what we're asking for. So we just talk just to talk. Mary, instead, she, she put her need out there and she refused to take it back. I think that's the hardest part for a lot of us who are followers of Jesus. We're too quick to take it back. If you're going to give it to God, give it to God. Just give it over to him because we don't want to believe that if we put Our our prayer requests out there, and and we hang on long enough that God's patience is going to run out. So I I don't want you to think of it as a game of of divine chicken, that we're trying to outweigh God on this. God is going to answer our prayers. But Scripture does tell us that we can take anything before the Lord. And if it's going to bring glory and honor to Him, He is going to answer that prayer request. And we have every reason to believe that God's going to do that because Scripture is filled with stories of God constantly coming through. One of the things that's so intriguing about this story is that Mary did not say this. She didn't say they want wine, and she didn't say they need wine. All she said was the fact that they have no wine. That's just a statement of the current situation at hand. Her faith is that God is going to respond in a manner that is appropriate, that is beneficial, that is faithful to the facts. And so Mary doesn't take it upon herself to direct God, which is, think you're in charge, but we have some useful suggestions for you as to how you might handle our situation. In this passage, Mary perfects the art of letting go, and that speaks volumes, volumes about her faith. Sometimes, Sometimes your statement of fact, your prayer might be, I'm, I'm really hurting. Or God, I'm super ticked off with you right now. Or my heart is broken. If we're honest, one of the reasons many of us slip into details is because they're the supporting details for the case that we're trying to make. And likewise, when we pray, more often than not, we, we have a pretty good idea of what it is we're trying to get out of the situation. And all that remains at that point then is for us to convince God to see it our way. Well, this is a hurdle of faith that, that we have to look to get over. Because we, we wouldn't be going to God in the first place if we had the ability to save and redeem ourselves. In fact, if we could do that every time, we wouldn't really actually need God. So if we're gonna take the time to pray, we should do it with an integrity of faith that gives it to God and then truly, honestly, lets it go and leaves it to him to sort out the way that it's gonna shape us and transform us in ways that that we probably never considered. By knowing who you are speaking to, understanding how good our God is, being thankful for what you have you grow into a place where you can come to this part of prayer with a spiritual maturity. That's why each week in this series, we add just just a little bit, just a little bit more. So this week, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to stick with the facts. Let go of how you got here. You're here now. This is where you are. Let's deal with this moment. Because no matter what you do, you cannot erase what has come before now. So just be honest. Be honest with God as a statement of fact where you are. And name those things that challenge you. Give them to God. If it is a burden on your heart and your life, you let them go. And then you let God handle it. Because sometimes, sometimes it may turn out exactly the way that you want it just the way that you had planned it but most likely it's going to turn out far 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 better than you ever imagined let's pray together god sometimes sometimes we think we have to justify we have to explain sometimes we think that we have to give you tons of details sometimes we just want to hear ourselves talk so help us help us to stick with the facts even if those facts are hard to hear and hard to bear. And then give us the strength to fully let them go. Once they are out there, once they have been spoken to your ears, Lord, let us have the faith to let them go and to let you do what you are going to do in a faithful and wonderful way. In your name we pray. Amen.